it's time for Ghosts and Friend Dogs. Ghosts and Friend Dogs in the morning. In the morning. Live, 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 live. Before our recording studio audience. Recording. Wake your ass up, it's the next friend in the morning. Hello there, everybody. It's Wednesday. And welcome back to another exciting episode of Cox and Crendor in the Morning. Now, we should put a little asterisk. 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 Thank you, Duck. Uh, we should put a little asterisk next to this episode because it is Sinterklaas Eve. Sinterklaas? You know, the Netherlands holiday? Sinterklaas? No. Ah, well that's good because we have a friend. This show couldn't be run without the amazing fans that we have. Without their input, without them sending me things like this opening little segment we're about to do here, I don't, I don't know where we would be. Because this may be the single funniest thing I've seen a long time. Uh, Sinterklaas is a Netherlands holiday. Uh, it's Sinterklaas Eve today on the 5th. And mm-hmm. uh, let's see if I can give you a description of it. Sinterklaas, uh, St. Nick, all that stuff, right? Is a traditional winter holiday figure still celebrated today in the Low Countries, including the Netherlands and Belgium. This is Wikipedia. I don't know what the Low Countries the means. Low but countries. The Low Countries. They live That's- in the Lowland. That sounds kind of offensive. Hold on, now I gotta, now I gotta open that. What is the like, low countries? Bill, just don't go to the low countries. Those are like, uh, those aren't the greatest places to be. The low countries are it's the the historical lands around the low lying delta of the Rhine, the Scheldt, and the Meuse rivers, including Belgium, Netherlands, and Luxembourg. Oh, Luxembourg, you are so tiny. And part of northern France and western Germany. Okay, well, the more you know. Anyway, so. Sinterklaas is is sort of like a second Christmas. It might be their first Christmas. I don't even know. But apparently, this is like they get two Christmases. Is what I is what this guy told me, which I, I I kind of hate. I don't know which one they get presents on, but I guess one is for Sinterklaas and one is for Jesus. I mm. guess that's their thing. But here's the thing that cracks me up, and this is definitely a holiday we could not have in America. And I'll explain to you why. <clears throat> Sinterklaas, right, is assisted by many mischievous helpers with black faces. These helpers are called Black Pete. (laughs) If you look these guys up online, it's just a bunch of little white kids in blackface. And it is the single most offensive yet hilarious thing you will ever see in your entire life. What are they called? Black? Black Pete. They're servants of Sinterklaas, usually an adolescent in blackface with curly hair, dressed up as a 17th century page in colorful dress, often with a lace collar and donning a feathered cap. Just just type in Sinterklaas and just the first images are (laughs) racist-ish. Wow. Wow. (laughs) That is definitely something that would not happen in America. Never. It is maybe horrifically offensive. Oh, my wow. God. Are you looking listen, through pictures right now? It's amazing. Uh, listen, I'm just going to link you this picture. <laughs> oh, God. We need, to get the, we need to get the video you. podcast up and running so people can. We do. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that is the thing. 
And that so and so I just want to thank the fan who sent this in because you may have made my night. I've been reading about this for the last like hour. It's an amazing <laughs> thing. Like <coughs> uh, the Black Pete, the Black Pete. Oh god. The Black Pete have roughly the same relationship to the Dutch Saint Nicholas that the elves have to the America Santa Claus. According to the tradition, the saint uh, has a Pete for every function. There's a navigation Pete named Wigewis Pete to navigate the steamboat from Spain to the Netherlands. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I like how I like how we have a mag- magic reindeer and sleigh. And there they have a steamboat. <laughs> a steamboat. A steamboat piloted by a dude in blackface. All right. Of course. <laughs> Apparently he lives in Spain as well. <laughs> and um, there's an acrobatic Peton to climb roofs and stuff presents down chimneys or to climb down the chimneys themselves. Over the years, many stories have been added. Sometimes the Peton are quite bad at their job. For instance, the navigation Peton might point in the wrong direction. Oh, no. <laughs> so racist. Um... <laughs> This provides some comedy as the annual parade of St. Nicholas coming to the Netherlands and can also be used to allow the progress of children at school by having the Pete give the wrong answer to, for example, the question, what is two plus two? So the children can give the right answer. Oh. So they're dumb, too. I that don't... may be the most <laughs> racist holiday. <laughs> I've never heard of anything like this <laughs> in my life. How is this still a thing? And it, it's like, here's the thing: like the tradition goes back a long, long time, like pre-Christian Europe, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like the legend of Sinterklaas is kind of like this Odin figure. Like it goes back far enough. And then um, they're talking about Saint Nicholas in 270 A.D., right? So we're like going way back. And the, the, I, I get who Black Pete is. He's like one of the one of the Moorish characters from the period when you know basically Muslims ruled most of like that part of Europe, right? I get it. I understand. I'm not saying I don't get it. I'm just saying that now it's kind of racist. A little bit. That's kind of racist. And then it says, um, today, Black Pete have become more modern servants and parents often tell their children that the Peton have black faces because they climb down dirty, soot-filled chimneys. Oh, okay. Although this modern variation of the tradition is often critiqued, by the expatriates and locals as being a cover story because it does not explain the curly black hair and large red lips. <laughs> 2011 marked the slavery remembrance year in the Netherlands, further fueling controversy and protests regarding Black Pete. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, Netherlands. This may be the, this, this is definitely a European thing. They w- would make a lot of Americans really uncomfortable <laughs> just borderline uncomfortable I you know I'm not, I'm not, you know, i got nothing against you europe but look just you know don't bring it over here don't bring it over here we don't want it yeah don't bring it to america where we only like talking about materialistic things the only the only racism we have in america is the is the passive aggressive kind okay mm-hmm. the kind where we try to keep Voters from going to voting booths on, on days when only black people usually go to vote. That's the American way. Thank you very much. Yeah. We're yeah. racist, but we don't talk about it. Yeah, we have white guilt. That's, yeah. that's, how, that's, how, we, that's how we get over it. You, you should do the same. Yeah. Just get guilty with yourself. Sinterklaas would do that. Guilty as charged. For being racist. <laughs> <laughs> this is 
been a great start to the podcast. I'm pretty sure we're going to get some nice letters about this one. All right, so that was that was the thing. I'm glad that was sent in by a fan. If you have anything else you want to send us, seriously, guys, you keep this show running, and that was hilarious. So I think it's time now to go to Chapter Cop 7 and see what's going on in the sky. Crendor, what's traffic look like? Uh, today, traffic's not looking too bad. I'm going to flip a coin, so I'm going to have you call heads or tails. Uh, it, oh, uh, heads. Uh, it was heads, which means... You should head on down the I-406 because that's where you can buy Dave's Barbecue, the best barbecue around. Back to you. Thanks, Crendor. Oh, that Dave's, it is certainly delicious. All right, now we go to Crendor and the weather desk. Crendor, what's the weather look like? I felt like today was a good day to go to Brazil. So let's go to Campo Grande. Campo Grande, Brazil. Let me guess. The moons are full. That was... Uh, it was a butt, a very bad butt joke. Okay. Because the ladies' butts are big and full, and when you pull down your pants, you moon. So, look, you had to piece it together, but it was there. It was there. I said none of that. Twenty-six degrees Celsius today. Seventy-four percent umidade. Umidade. That sounds like that sounds like the lyrics to a really bad '80s song. Like, <laughs> Wait, what's the song like, like that send me on my way song? Like, send me on my way. It sounds like you're like, day. Sorry, that's a great song. The Barometro is at 1012 9 millibars. The Barometro, an excellent place to get a drink. Mm-hmm. And uh, the vento today is de less nordeste a 14 kilometers an hour. Somewhere, someone understood that, <laughs> and they understood you said it incorrectly. Probably. And uh, there's an indicey UV of zero. All right. Well, I guess that brings us on to sports. Crendor, what's going on in sports this week? Uh, in sports... It's a Wednesday, so it's just a bunch of people talking about when sports are going to happen again for the weekend. Uh, But according to this fantasy site I go to, the Rays have acquired Yunel Escobar from the Marlins. That's good to know. I I think the big sports story this week, I hate to interrupt, but I think the big sports story this week is Bob Costas. Man, he was like, guns are bad, and the world went nuts. I didn't Did you hear see that? that? Yes, he, it was during the game, and he uh, was reading an article. I guess it was halftime. I'm not sure when he said this. But um, he basically talked about the guy who uh, uh, killed his girlfriend and then shot himself in front of his coach. And I don't remember the other guy who was there. And they were like, he's like, this all could have been pre- prevented if no one had guns. And so then, of course, half the country agreed with him because this country's like that. And the other half thought he was nuts because America. <laughs> We can't ever think for ourselves. It's always like, look, my political beliefs say that you're wrong. Well, mine say that you're correct. And now people are fighting over Bob Costas. Like, leave the man alone. He's an excellent broadcaster. Leave him be. He's allowed to have an opinion just like you are, too. I mean, he's an average broadcaster. He's, no, he is the voice of the American Olympics, sir. He's no Greg Jennings. Greg Jennings doesn't even broadcast. If he did. All right, if he did, he would carry the network on his back. He would. He would. I'm going to give you that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. All right, is that it then? It is. 
Okay, so what is our big news story of the day? Well, we got two options. Uh-oh, uh-oh, I don't like when you do this. It means both stories suck and you're making me choose. We can choose the number one trick to never get sick, God. or eight ways to lose 10 pounds without exercise. Let's do eight ways to lose 10 pounds. Everyone can stand to lose 10 pounds. Except I for can't. a 10-pound-year-old baby. That would be bad. Trying to lose those pesky 10 pounds you gained on summer vacation or wondering how to prevent packing them on over the holidays? Uh-huh. Oodles of new research has uncovered ways to trim 100 cal- calories or more from your diet without skimping on flavor. While it doesn't sound like much, shaving off 100 calories a day could help you trim 10 or more pounds a year, even if you never set foot in the gym. Get started today with these science-backed calorie-cutting shortcuts that'll help you maintain healthy curves all year long. Ooh, healthy curves. Not dangerous Number curves? Not Can you dangerous. drift? Can you Tokyo drift across healthy curves? If you could, it'd be a lot more fun to go on a diet. Right? I'm, that's, I'm gonna make a diet book called Tokyo Drifting to Healthy Curves. I like it. Right? Ooh. Ooh, that's good. That's good. Contact me. Simon and Schuster? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Simon and Schuster? Number one, dim the lights. What? Regardless of what you thought as a kid, it turns out the dark isn't so scary after all. A new study from Cornell says that the secret to eating less and feeling more satisfied about what you do eat could be as simple as turning down the lights. Researchers found that people who ate a meal under soft, warm lighting consumed 175 fewer calories than those who noshed in brightly lit places. Do they explain why that is? Scientists think that it's because the harsh fluorescent lights commonly found in fast food restaurants may create a psychological, psychological need to rush through meals and eat more. So light a candle or two at the, at the dinner table and you may be less stimulated to gobble up your food. Are they implying that... The reason why you eat more calories at a fast food restaurant is because the lighting and not because you're eating something that was like twice deep fried. Is that what they're saying? That if you eat at fast food restaurants, they have bright lights and you're in a hurry. So you're eating fast food. And so you've classically conditioned your brain to eat fast under those bright lights wherever you are. What is fast food? That's the point. Why else would you go there if you're not in a hurry? If you're eating at a fast food place and the lights are really bright. You're going to eat faster, but that's the point. Is because you want to eat fast because it's fast food. Exactly. And then you've conditioned your brain to eat fast under bright lights because you're eating at a fast food place. So if you go somewhere else and you don't want to eat fast, you're going to eat fast anyway because the lights are bright and your con- brain is conditioned from the fast food place. So we just went in a full circle just so you could tell me not to eat fast food. Good work, scientist. But even then, that doesn't really make sense, because what if you don't go inside the fast food places? What if you're in your car? Are they saying, the sun? The sun leads to (laughs) eating fast. Yeah. What we need to do is destroy the sun. I agree. Science, your mission. Destroy the sun. Then everyone will be really thin. We'll all be dead, but but we'll look fabulous. But our logo is the happy sun. Number two. Be a straight shooter. They might look stylish, but swanky curved drinking glasses on your table could lead to saddlebags on your thighs and a spare tire around your middle. A British study found that people consume 60% more alcohol, sugary sodas, and juices if the glass they drank from was curvy. The researchers speculate that people drink faster from the curvy glasses because it's harder to tell when you're at the halfway point, so you reach for another drink sooner and end up consuming more. I guess? 
I mean, I can't disprove this one because it, it, it very well may be a thing. Because, all right, so I have, uh, for those people who don't know, Crendor got me addicted to something called Sprecher's. Mm-hmm. And it's this guy who makes beer and sodas. And so they're, you know, they're, they're, they're the kind of soda where it's all, like, everything in it's natural. So there isn't, like, whatever is in Coke, for example. I love you, Coke. I do. You're my, you're my favorite. But Sprecher's won't kill me is what I'm saying. It's nothing like Xanthorapolar polyasterate. Yeah, it says, like, vanilla. Like, I'm looking at it now, like, raw honey, vanilla, carbonated water. The worst thing in here is glucose syrup, which is, <laughs> admittedly, is bad. But still, that's the worst thing. So, I'm sitting here looking at this bottle, and I've been drinking it while we've been doing this, and it is very curvy. The things I would like to do to this bottle, you have no clue. But, um, I'm looking at this, and I guess I can see how people would, because the top is smaller than the bottom, so you get, like, halfway through the top, and you think, like, oh, well, I didn't drink much, so you drink more. And I, I mean, I, I don't know really the thought process, but I understand this. I get it, especially with, with, like, alcohol. I understand where they're coming from. Do I know mm-hmm. why this is? Not really. Do I believe the explanation? Not really. But I'll buy it. Number three, grab a few winks. Got a bad case of the head bobs. Several studies say you could wind up hungrier than if you were bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. One study from the Mayo Clinic shows getting less than six and a half hours sleep a night can lead to consuming as many as 500 excess calories in a day. Being sleep deprived can increase how hungry you feel and lead to downing more calories than if you'd eat if you weren't mm. exhausted, says Manfred Hall Schmidt, PhD, Department of Medical Psychology. Blah 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 blah. Sleep le- sleep deprivation can raise levels of appetite hormones like ghrelin. Surging levels of ghrelin, the hormone that revs up your appetite, can lead to eating hundreds of extra calories. Then when you're well rested. I like that you're bringing characters into this show. I feel good about that. I am. I'm adding voice dynamics. Well, I'm going to get really dynamic about this subject because I feel like they could have approached this a lot simpler than, like, your levels of hunger increase. Like, <laughs> if you sleep, you aren't eating. So the more you sleep, the less you eat. There's your 500 well, calories. If I don't sleep a lot in a day, I'm not that hungry. I'm tired. Yeah. You can't study. eat when you're asleep. This study is stupid. <laughs> Yahoo News! Where all the studies are stupid! <laughs> Alright, we're moving on. Don't say, <laughs> I can't. It shows a guy eating a donut instead of an apple. Whether you're trying to sidestep a fast food drive through mom's home cooking, or your favorite holiday treat, don't tell yourself what you can't eat. New research says you'll get better results if you frame it a little differently and focus on what you don't eat. Can't sounds more like a punishment than being healthy, researchers say, and it creates a sense of self-deprivation that can tank your motivation. On the other hand, reminding yourself you don't eat certain types of foods can steal your willpower. No! 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 Stop! It's all about what you can't eat. When researchers divided a group of people into can't-eats and don't-eats, 64% of those in the don't group passed up a candy bar in favor of a healthier granola bar. But 30% of the can't group chose the healthier snacks. So cut the can'ts and you will will yourself towards a smaller portion. It's all about personal, eh, whatever. Whatever balls to it, I don't care. I think it comes down to the telling somebody they can't do something and you want to do it. I think it's more of that. You're just like, hey. You better not touch that red button. And you're like, I want to touch the red button. I think that's what it comes more down to. Maybe. 
Maybe. So that's why when you have kids and you're like, take out the trash, and they're like, no, I'm not taking out the trash. You got to be like, you better not take out that trash. You take, I'm a, oh my God, if you take it out, you will not even know. And then you leave, and they're going to take it out. Mm-hmm. And then you come back, and it's done. But then, then you, one then time. Then you ground them, you ground them. But then they're going to get used to that. So then you tell them to take it out. And then they're going to take it out because they're going to think, oh, no, something crazy is going to happen. And then you've messed with their minds. That's what you need to do to your kids, mess with their minds. <laughs> Any good parent messes with their child's minds. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All Number right, next. five. Next. Yeah. Think thin. Think you're overweight? Think again. New research says the way you think about food and your waistline can determine your success at sticking to a healthy diet. Turns out telling yourself you're chubby or very fat decreases the odds of hitting your target goal weight, even if you're physically active. Over a 10-year span, 59% of women who started out with an average body mass index of 20 but thought they were overweight wound up packing on weight and watching their BMI swell to more than 25. That weight gain likely happened because of the self-fulfilling prophecy, says Susan Albers, psychologist at the Cleveland Clinic and author of Eating Mindfully and 50 Ways to Soothe Yourself Without Food. Your mindset is incredibly important in giving up or getting on track with your weight, she says. So if you think you're not overweight, regardless of your actual weight, you will act in ways that lead to what you already believe. That can be said for anything, I guess, but I agree with her. It's about yeah. it's about self-perception. All right, this, this, that lady's pretty smart. I agree with yeah. her. How you perceive yourself, and usually that's usually correct, but that works in all facets of life, not just mm-hmm. weight. Like if you don't think you're going to do something, you're not going to do it. Well, if you think you're going to do something, you might fail at doing something, but you have the possibility of doing it. Right? There's the possibility of success. I think mm-hmm. she might be onto something. I'm going to give her that one. Mm-hmm. All right, next. Stop staring at sugar. Don't you hate when you're minding your own business, sticking to a healthy diet, and all of a sudden a craving for junk food comes along and ruins your good intentions? To help you, to help you keep those cravings in check, a new study says you should look the other way when you see pictures of high-fat, high-calorie, or sugary foods. That's because the brain scans have shown that ogling pictures of high-calorie treats stimulates parts of the brain that control hunger in the reward center. But doesn't that again go against the I can't? It does. That's contradictory because you're saying, like, if you could if you could just say I don't, you wouldn't need to do that. Well, like, how are you going to – you can't just avoid pictures of junk No, no, food. no. They're saying turn away. So the idea is, like, it would be like if I'm sitting there and all of a sudden a picture of, I don't know – something like bare breasts appear, right? <laughs> if I see that, my reaction is, if I'm in public, because I don't want to be perceived as like some like, <laughs> boobs, uh, I'm going to turn away and be like, I can't, right? They're saying to do the exact same thing with food. Like, they aren't saying, I don't. Oh, if you I can say, you I don't bear want breasts, that. breasts like a grizzly bear. <laughs> that would have been What did you think fire. I meant? I mean, of course that's what I meant. Um, uh, so yeah, they're saying like, if you could say I don't, then you wouldn't need to do that because you don't need to, you know, I don't have a craving for that. So whatever, show me all the pictures of candy bars you want. Right. But if you, but by seeing it, if you have to turn away, you're, you're part of the, I can't like, I can't look at that. It's going to tempt me too much. So you've already failed. So the, I can't, I don't think is so dumb. Oh my God. (laughs) Number seven, wet your whistle. You're likely to crave veggies more than greasy french fries, chips, or other foods high in fat and calories if you pair a meal with water instead of caloric beverages. I, I, don't, I don't. Sure. Okay. Number eight. Look forward to eating. Are you jonesing for lunch? 
Got Christmas cookies or other treats on your mind? Go ahead, keep fantasizing. Dr. Hallschmidt says anticipating a meal can actually lower your body's levels of ghrelin, the appetite hormone. In a study he conducted, he found that looking forward to and thinking about a meal before you sidle up on the table helps rain and ghrelin levels, so people consume less calories during the meal. Looking forward to eating could have a positive effect on food intake control because it leads to feeling full sooner and sustaining that feeling of full so you don't seek out high-calorie snacks, says Dr. Hallschmidt. I don't know about him, but if I'm thinking about food, I am super hungry. <laughs> it's true. Like, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Like, think about food all the time. Trust me, you'll lose weight. Really? <laughs> really, Doc? All right. That sounds like an awful idea. That sounds horrible. Like, just tell a fat dude, think about food all the time. Like, can you imagine? Can you imagine, like, somebody quitting, like, smoking or drinking? Just be and like, then being told, think secret. about smoking all the time. Here's the secret. It's <laughs> 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 <This is> ridiculous. <laughs> after, after a while, you're just going to get bored of thinking about it, right? Just That's keep... like telling an addict, look, I know you <laughs> like crack. So the way to fix it is always think about it. Don't stop thinking about it. All right, anyway, do we have one left or are we done? Uh, we can do the number one trick to never get sick. No, no, no. I mean, are we done with the, are we done with the, the fat thing? Oh, yeah, we're done with that. Because the right. next article's just like, hey, uh, do you want to find out if women can tell if a man's cheating on you by just looking at them or something? Um, if he's cheating on you, he is constantly working out. Well, it says there more masculine men were rated as more probable to be unfaithful and having a sexual history of being more unfaithful. Well, then I guess all those years of not being masculine at all have finally paid off. Right, ladies? All right, guys, that's it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And uh, more importantly, thank you for submitting all those five-star reviews and all the information you send to us each week. It's amazing. And um, that's it for this episode. So we will see you tomorrow. Same bat yeah. time, same bat channel, and as always, to be continued.